Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time it is that you Inky Savages are joining me for episode number 117 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. I'm really appreciating all the love and support you guys are throwing my way by using my affiliate link for goldspot.com, Goldspot Pens. That is in the description below. I do appreciate all the emails, reaching out, and making sure that you're using the affiliate link. It really helps me out. I've, I do feel the warmth. I feel the love from you guys and the support, and it's like nothing else, and I really appreciate it. So when you guys go to Goldspot through my affiliate link, it just makes me look all kinds of good to my sponsors, Gold Spot Pens. And don't forget to use coupon code ROY at checkout for additional savings on most products on the Gold Spot store. So some brands are very stingy. You can't get an extra discount, but it is what it is. But for the majority of stuff, you can. Just use coupon code ROY and use my affiliate link. And I really do appreciate it. So I also want to talk about our friends, Luxury Brands of America. They have this new case. It's called the Girologio leather pen case. I think I'm saying that right. Girologio, G-I-R-O-L-O-G-I-O. So that's the brand. They make some serious leather. It's some of the best leather in the game. And they make paste, they make cases that are like one pen sleeves to a massive 96 pen briefcase. I don't think 96 is that big a deal. Because I remember, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a case because I remember when I used to go to, when I used to bring a whole bunch of pens with me, I would spend like an hour and then be late for work because I can't pick which pens I want to take to work. And then I ended up, I even posted this on Instagram. I ended up taking 110 pens to work with me on a regular basis. <laughs> Somebody actually commented, what's the problem with that? There is no problem with that. <clears throat> and there definitely won't be a problem with that if you have a massive 96 pen briefcase from Girologio. These cases are perfect for the pen aficionado and will last you for years to come. So make sure you check them out at your favorite retailer, Goldspot Pens, <clears throat> through the affiliate link in the description below and use coupon code ROY at checkout. Last but not least, my good friend Neil. He is the owner of brlcoffeeco.com and he's got some serious bean. My favorite bean, and when I say bean, I mean it. I actually got a grinder and I throw the bean into the grinder not one bean, but many beans into the grinder. I grind it up and I make my coffee in my Mr. Coffee machine. I got to upgrade that thing. But I use Kiss of Life. That's my favorite coffee from BRL Coffee Co. because I like the quantity of caffeine that's in it because it's a blonder roast and therefore has more caffeine, which is really interesting to know. And it's just such delicious coffee. It's very savory. I don't know if that's the right adjective to describe coffee, but it's very good. <laughs> I got good words. But I love the coffee at brlcoffeeco.com. Please check them out and buy your coffee from brlcoffeeco.com. Again, brlcoffeeco.com. And be sure to use coupon code ROY at checkout for an additional 10% off all products on the brlcoffeeco.com website because my homeboy Neil is not stingy. Anyway, I want to get started with this week's episode of the Pentertainment Podcast, but before I get started, I have to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words and stuff from Tom and I, mostly from me. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage Savage. And Inky. So I've had Conklin on the brain for like the last like week and a half. 
for no particular reason either. I can't remember what it was that triggered. I think I do remember what it was that triggered it, but Inception. Inception they have right. somehow inceptioned into your brain. Leonardo, yeah, that's right. Leonardo DiCaprio somehow got into my brain and decided to fucking put Conklin, Conklin. into my brain. That's mm-hmm. not what happened though, right? Because Inception is not realistic. You know why? Why is that? I mean, besides the fact that it's complete science fiction or, you know, it's it's not real. Or is it? I It might actually be real. It's not, it's not a realistic <laughs> movie, and here's why. Because I couldn't understand why it was at the end of the movie. Like, why it was Leonardo DiCaprio could never go back home. Mm. Did you see Inception? I have. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's a weird I know that movie. He, that he that he went to like because like in order to fix the or in order to like they had to further inceptionize they had to go many levels deeper and where they were going was like trouble territory where it was like this is not safe to be doing it this way yeah and then i think he got yeah he got stuck at the end or whatever but that's that's your typical like hero's journey i feel is that the the hero can never return again to home the same way again Mm. so it's always like kind of that that story arc that you would assume out of a typical hero's journey narrative yeah i mean it was a good movie i just didn't understand that part and stuff like that and how taking a nap can fuck someone up so badly right (laughs) i mean i've experienced taking a nap like a power nap or maybe taking a nap that was a little too long for it to be a power Mm. nap and when I mm-hmm. wake up, I just feel fucked up. Did you ever do that? You just take a nap and then you wake up and your eyes are sore and you're, you just feel swollen and fucked up and you're just like hating everything about anything. I have contact that... lenses. So if I fall asleep with my contacts on, I, I, when I wake up and I'm like opening my eyes, it's like having little pieces of sandpaper underneath your eyelids. So you don't want to open your eyes. Right, that sucks. So, like, that's, like, the worst-case scenario of taking a nap when it just fucks you up, right? Mm -hmm. In this movie, I loved the movie Inception, but what really was so bizarre about it was it didn't just fuck people up. It made Leonardo DiCaprio's hot wife jump off a building, right? So, like, stop fucking with people's sleep if it causes that kind of damage. You know what I mean? And... If you could do if you could inception somebody like that, start small, right? Don't go for like living a life in alone in this huge area and shit like that. Just start small like your husband shall never do dishes or laundry. That's it. Right? <laughs> Just start with that. Move on. Right? And then later on maybe after that work you test the waters then you move on to something like your husband must play video games undisturbed at least four hours a day, right? See, that way that, you don't. That to that me is just. It's just. I, I must have been inceptioned because I I don't I don't have these thoughts like that. I I need to play the video games. So that's that's why that's I probably was inceptioned at some point and that was taken out of me. No, I, what happened was your wife inceptioned you and removed those thoughts. That's what I mean. Like I was inceptioned. Somebody inceptioned me. And took those those things out of my head. You should just go up to your wife right now and be like, how dare you? How could you? No, but anyway, <laughs> going back to what we were originally talking about. I've been having Conklin on the brain. And it wasn't because Leonardo DiCaprio inceptioned me. 
it's because well actually before we go start tom hardy was the coolest character in that movie i'm sorry he just was <laughs> so tom hardy's the coolest character in any movie that he's in ever okay so mm-hmm. that's a bold statement because i could have said brendan fraser is the coolest character in any movie that he's ever in ever but i didn't oh no i, I see you're trying to redeem yourself <laughs> i'm trying to trying though to... though you just mentioned brendan fraser again i i doubt that that's gonna happen so right so let's go back to talking about the conklin derograph i don't know why i you know what i think it was so after all the discussions that you and i had and we had Josh and us had about the whole Twisby thing and how pissed off mm-hmm. I got about the whole Twisby thing because it's like like this email that I'm reading that Twisby sent out to all the retailers talks about how unethical it is for Narwhal to copy the piston mechanism of Twisby. But Twisby blatantly and nearly Xerox copied all the piston mechanisms in Pelican M800s and also the vacuum fillers of the Pilot Custom 823 and the Visconti power filler and all that stuff. So, like, they did the very same thing that they're now using illegal tactics to manipulate retailers to ban and cancel Narwhal, right? So that really just put a shade of darkness over Twisby for me and really just made me feel bad because that's just bullying. Again, what does this have to do with Conklin, though? I'm going to tell you. So, okay. <laughs> so I actually, when it comes to an inability to be objective, I always stop and I think. I always look at myself and look at stuff, right? So what I did was I pulled out the case with my Twisbees in it, and I looked at my Twisby pens, and I'm thinking to myself, can I objectively look at a Twisby pen now without being jaded by the fact that Twisby was being bullies and being assholes? Will I look at a Twisby pen and be like, this is shit, I'm never going to touch it again? Or will I look at it as a pen separate from Twisby or Phil, the owner of Twisby? So what I realized was, yeah, when I'm looking at a Twisby pen, the Twisby pen is still one of my pens. I paid for it. I liked it when I bought it. I like it now still. So this drama to me isn't going to make me burn all my Twisby pens or throw them all out. I paid for them. I'm still going to keep them. I'm still going to use them. Will I buy more? And then honestly, if there's a new one that comes out that I really like, yes, I will. Because I think being objective is important. And I guess canceling a brand because the owner's an asshole is not something I'm about. But will I buy it if I – like I'm not going to buy any more Ecos because I have some. I'm not going to buy more twi- Diamond 580s because I have some. I'm not going to buy more VAC 700Rs because I have some. I wasn't going to anyway. Now let's say they come out with a new acrylic that's just like really awesome in green. Probably going to get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I was sitting there thinking about it and I'm like I hate the fact that I'm being objective because I'm so pissed off at the bullying tactic. And then as I'm pulling them out – in the same case was my Conklin pens. And then I'm thinking about Conklin. It was my All-Americans and some Durographs. And they're All-Americans and Durographs that I got back several years ago when we had the WhatsApp group that Sarah Alper okay. was running. <clears throat> and it was what they call the Conklin Monteverde Ambassador Program, which I... It was like the Penfluencers. Right. But I remember I told Sarah... 
I don't care what you guys call this group. I'm part of it because it's fun, but not because I'm an ambassador. Because when you send me stuff and it sucks, I'm going to blow it up all over Instagram and YouTube. And it'll embarrass you for to have an ambassador do that. So you guys can call each other whatever you want, but I'm not an ambassador. But I do like chatting with you guys. That's you know how I met our good friend Vanessa Langton and Len Flores. God bless her soul. And it's about this time, you know, a couple of years ago where she passed. So, you know, I think about her a lot. But, and it made me think of the times where everything was just fun because that whole group, that WhatsApp chat, that Conklin Monteverde WhatsApp chat was just about, all we did was just chat about and bullshit about pens, Conklin pens. Mm-hmm. We talked about movies and stuff. Basically, it was like, a live podcast of of this podcast throughout a WhatsApp chat. You know what I mean? It's like a group chat. Yeah. Would, you know, <clears throat> had multiple opinions and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah Alpro, after like two hours of chatting, would be like, well, you guys, like you spent the last hour and a half talking about the dark night. What, what about pens and stuff? So she would always rein us back in. But it was just about connecting with people about pens, having fun about making fun of this pen here or talking about this pen and saying what we liked about it or what ink smelled like toe cheese because at that time Monteverde had some weird smelling inks and stuff like it was just fun (laughs) and then I think about how enthusiastic Neve from Yaffa Brands is when it comes to just talking with me and it was how enthusiastic Yair of Yaffa Brands the owner of Conklin pens and Monteverde pens how enthusiastic they are and Ken Jones, how much energy he has about talking about pens and stuff like that. And then it made me realize when it comes to stupid ass drama, bullshit and nonsense like that, like Neve and the Conklin owners and the Monteverde owners, they don't give a shit about any of that. They just, they just, they stay loyal. They stay steadfast to their objective. And that's to, get pens out to the world. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that's why I posted, oh, my Conklin pens are my OG acrylic pens. And for many, they're OG acrylic pens because, you know, you start off with your cheaper metal pens, your your Pilot Metropolitans. You start off with pens that are in the $20 ranges, right? Right. You You don't really encounter a lot of acrylic pens. But a lot of times people, they want to dip their toes into an acrylic fountain pen. But a lot of times they're very expensive, right? So like it's it's like you see these videos online about acrylic pens and they're from Italy. They're Aurora Optimas. They're Montegrappas and stuff like that. They're hundreds of dollars. Even on the cheaper end nowadays, you got your Leonardo's that are 200 bucks. You got Esther Brooks, which are $175. I mean, they're not Leonardo's, but... You know what I mean? They're in the same. Oh, like Edison as well. Edison production is like 170. Yeah. There's acrylic pens usually are at that 150 and up price range. That's right. So, you know, someone coming off a $20 metal pen going into an acrylic pen, 150 to 100 to $200 might seem daunting. Let's not forget Mm -hmm. Franklin Kristoff because I love Franklin Kristoff as well. You know, so it might seem daunting to them. Now, Without brands like Conklin 
in Monteverde, and I say Conklin more because I personally like Conklin more, but I think when it comes to quality control and build, they're identical. I just like Conklin more. I don't know why. Because the owner, the original founder's name is Roy Conklin. That's why. You're right. That is why. I do know now. I do now know why. Anyway, (laughs) actually, it's a fountain pen hospital story, which is why I like Conklin. But I'll save that for right now. I want to just continue with where I'm going. Okay. Without brands like Conklin and Monteverde with their $50 to $70 price acrylic pens, there's no, there's nothing in between for people, mm-hmm. right? Or at least when I was getting into acrylic pens, at the time there was no pen BBS, really. It wasn't that big in the U.S. There were no pens that were low-cost acrylic pens. Like, I, like you said, the, the first step of acrylic pens at that time were Edison's and Franklin Christoph's. Esterbrook Estes didn't even exist at the time. Yeah. But then there were Conklin Durographs and Conklin All-Americans, and they were, for me and for a lot of people, the first step into acrylic pens. And it was the first acrylic pen that made me realize, oh, wow, I like acrylic better than metal. Like, there's the quality about acrylic that you can't get with metal cheap metal pens and you can't or, get or injection molded plastic too. Thank you. Yeah, with injection molded plastic. I can't really tell what it is yet. I'm saying to myself, mm-hmm. but I I like it. It's the glassiness of the acrylic. It's the hardness mm-hmm. of the acrylic. It's the texture, the feel. It's the I always called it the cat's eye look, how when you can kind of see yeah. through it but you can't light refracts off it. I really enjoy it. And mm-hmm. everybody likes to give Conklin shit and I understand why. It's a lot of times it's because you have nibs and feeds that don't entirely sync up. And because of that, you have disruptions in flow and stuff like that. There's easy solutions. I personally don't think you should do those solutions. But they do make these pens. They make them inexpensive. And they do the best that they can. They get into people's hands. A lot of times people have success with them. And then every once in a while, people don't have success with them. But people are more willing to blast out bad information, not bad information, meaning like it's incorrect information. I mean, bad news. Experiences. Experiences more so than good experiences. But I maintain that if everybody that ever owned a Conklin pen decided to share their experience, every single person in the country, in the world that has a Conklin pen shared their experience, I think the majority would be good. Because in truth, the majority of Conklin pens that I have have always been good. There's been a couple that weren't good. But those couple don't speak for the whole. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I don't know. I've just... Just thinking about how... The Conklin mission or the Yaffa brand's mission is just pens. They don't care about drama. They don't care... They don't care about who copies them. They don't care about if someone's copying them. They don't care about this, that, and the other thing. Or maybe they do. But they certainly don't. They're certainly not petty. They're just all about fun in pens. And when I opened up my case and I saw my All-Americans and Durographs in there, I just remember conversations with Neve several years ago when this WhatsApp group existed. There we would kind of be talking to him. He was like, I don't care. Whatever you guys want. Whatever you guys want so that you have fun. That was his attitude. That was his 
mentality. Just, you want this? Okay, you want to do a giveaway here? Yeah, sure, go ahead. You want to do this? It's a great idea. It's fun. Let's do it. You know what I mean? All he Mm -hmm. cared about was just spiking the enthusiasm of fountain pens. Yeah. So it brought me back to, it brought me immediately, seeing the Conklin pens, brought me back to when I first was new into fountain pens and getting into acrylic pens and discovering the appreciation for materials such as acrylic and stuff like that. Now, they're not they're not the finest acrylics on the planet. They're stock acrylics. You know what I'm saying? They're not like Italian poured acrylics. They're not special custom acrylics. No. But had it not been for these pens, it might have been a long time before I went out and spent $170 on an Edison. Or I may have never just I may have just thought I can't really see the benefit in acrylic. I'll just never go for it. You know what I'm saying? It could yeah, have just these were kind of like your gateway acrylic pens. They were my gateway acrylic pens, yes. All this talking and all you had to do like a hundred minutes ago was just say that. And then I would be like, Yep, that's it. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you have to describe it first and then I synthesize it and yeah. put it into a nice little snack size portion. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that's what's been on my mind. So it's kind of like a nostalgic appreciation and an overall appreciation for my experience with Conklin and Monteverde. Like, don't forget, I love Monteverde also, but I just like Conklin more. But Well, I think also, too, is that you have a lot of positive uh, connotations with the community in that regard as well. Yeah. Because these were, these were some really fun experiences you have with other people that remind you that the pen community or the pen industry is filled with a lot of, you know, good-natured, like just love for writing and love for getting fountain pens into people's hands. And, you know, is, is usually 90, like 9% of the time about that goodwill nature spirit. Like that's the spirit of the things is that it's not, you know, meant to be like a cutthroat industry of, of like, Oh, you know, it's like this, this person is trying to do a corporate takeover and this one's suing this one and stuff like that. It's like, that's, that's like the ugliness that you want to, not be reminded of right that, ex- that could exist in business right so yeah. you know obviously yaffa brands and conklin and monteverde they certainly are a business and i know with every business there needs to be the ability to be cutthroat to be harsh to be cold right i'm not saying that neve can't do that i'm certainly confident that neve can yair they certainly can because you don't get to be successful the way they are without having that ability to be hard. I just, I just never, not that I never seen it, but they're so genuine when it comes to being good hearted. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I, I personally believe based on my years of experience dealing with Yair and Neve and Ken Jones who they are are the soft, sweet people that I love so much. And the hard people are, you know, the hard cutthroat business people that they are, are who they have to be to run a business. You know what I mean? That's not who they are. Mm-hmm. They just know how to do it. Who they actually are, like Yair, that sweet old guy with the hair from the 1970s. <laughs> That's who he is. You know, the enthusiastic guy who's encouraging you to do giveaways and have fun 
he'll you know give you pens so that you can try them and then give them away and stuff to help the brand and to help you with your social media presence that's who neve is and then the rough around the edges likes to talk shit and smack talk with you who loves like iron maiden is who ken jones is you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah, yeah. So it's like I opened up my case with the intention of looking at my Twisbees to take a look at myself as to how objective I can be towards Twisby. But instead, mm-hmm. what I was pleasantly greeted with was my Conklin pens that brought me back to so many positive experiences in the fountain pen community. Mm-hmm. And I do totally acknowledge and recognize that there are so many people out there that experience frustrations with Conklin because of quality control issues and stuff like that. And I'm not saying those don't exist. They certainly do. I mean, they put out a large number of pens yearly. Like, the amount of pens they deal with at the price that they put them out at, it's so many that there's going to be a percentage that slips through the cracks and suck. That percentage is small but the actual number is high because of the total number of pens that are getting put out you know what i'm saying yeah they also have the limited uh lifetime warranty too on them what does that mean limited lifetime warranty like well it just basically means that like they will cover manufacturer defects or defects related to any of the worksmanship quality but they won't cover it if you drop your pen and it breaks in half right Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's that's good because not a lot of pen companies do that. One of the brands, a lot of brands do one year. A lot of brands do two years. Yeah. It's very unusual that you would see a full lifetime sort of deal. And I actually think that according to what Bryce has mentioned about Waldman, right? We discussed this before about Waldman having to they had to go to saying that it's a 10-year warranty because in Germany you're not allowed to say lifetime anymore because it lifetime is rather nebulous in its definition so i see what you did there you use the word nebulous because we're talking about waldman who's distributed by luxury brands who also distributes nebula notebooks Very uh, i guess plug. that might have had some sort of influence <laughs> in, in my thinking i suppose yeah yeah but no yeah waldman they don't offer a lifetime warranty but they will honor it even though it's supposed to be 10 because they are just logistically not allowed to say 10 year warranty, mm-hmm. but or a lifetime, right? They're not allowed to say lifetime. They can say tenure, 10 years, but they can't say lifetime because the question, then it comes into question. Well, when you say lifetime, do you mean lifetime of the person who bought the pen lifetime yeah. of the second person who got the pen? Like whose life? Yeah. Right. Like, what if somebody buys a Waldman pen, then immediately gets run over, and the person who, the EMT that comes and is doing CPR (laughs) on the carcass, picks up the guy's pen. Now, is that pen now warrantied for the EMT that recovered the pen and kept the pen? A chain of custody, a transferred hand, since warranty's (laughs) over. That's it. That person's lifetime has expired. (laughs) So that pen was only warrantied for, like... 20 minutes, the 20 minutes that he bought the pen and then walked outside, got that's run it. over by a truck. What a morbid fucking thing to say. But that's your that's your doing there. Right. Though. I know. No, but so because of that ambiguity, they just say 10 years of the pen. But the well, way- let's be real, though, because like how many companies have been around long enough to actually be a lifetime? Because even the ones that even the ones, let's say, for example, Conklin or Estabrook, 
they they had within you know a lifetime had shuttered their doors at one point so that when they reopened again under under a different management they're no longer the same company they can't honor a lifetime warranty you know right that's so, what i was going to ask why not they're- even omas 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 celebrated their 90th anniversary and then like the next year the company was done in 2016 so it was like it's like all those pens that had a, a warranty. I don't know if they had I forget if they had a lifetime or not, but if they had a lifetime warranty, it's like, well, that's it. Company's so, company's lifetime is over. Right, I get that. But the entity name is still the same. So for example, like Conklin had a lifetime warranty, I don't know, in nineteen ten. I don't know what warranty they had in nineteen ten, but let's say they had a a lifetime warranty. And then now I have my vintage nineteen ten Mark Twain Crescent Filler that has a problem. Can I now send it to Yaffa Brands and be like, hey, this is supposed to have a lifetime warranty? Are they are you they know what I would do in that case? If I were them, I would buy the pen and then uh you know, buy the pen, send them like, you know, a current production model Conklin and be like, Yeah, we'll just we'll just take it off your hands. We'll just <laughs> we'll just switch it out for a new one. Like yeah, because you because knowing knowing like, you know, the pen repair specialists and everything like that, I'll I'll fix up the pen and keep it as part of my personal collection if it's an old <laughs> antique uh, Conklin, you know? Yeah. But same thing with Esterbrook. If I had an Esterbrook J pen, Esterbrook can't warranty the Esterbrook J pen, but they're also Esterbrook, so Shouldn't they? Like, I wonder what. Well, the I, I know, I know for Parker Waterman, they've done. Just let's say Parker Waterman's been around for such a long time. I say it both at the same breath because they're owned by Sanford, who is then owned by Newell Rubbermaid. So they're basically kind of attached at the hip, let's say. Mm-hmm. So if they if they've encountered any warranty issues with pens made in, let's say, the '90s or the '80s, I know that they're after sales service center it's actually still based in janesville wisconsin that they will let's say just offer to replace the pen but they will replace it with like a newer you know current production model mm. if it's, or it's if it's really something that messed up like that they, they there's no let's say the caps completely broke or something and it's not usable so like they would do something like that but it, it it's not uh you know it's not exactly what you need so i would say in those cases especially if it is a pen that's from like let's say the 50s or even earlier than that, I, I my first area of recourse would not be going to the manufacturer directly because the manufacturer is not going to have the stuff that's necessary to repair pens 80 years old plus. Right. I would say look at a professional vintage restorer uh, or you know something like a, like a Pentiques, um, Aaron Svabic, or like, um, uh, like the Kennedys would be another one I would – possibly look at too right like so people who specialize in like the nib repair or, or pen repair exactly but that's not that's not warranty that's not covered under no warranty. it's not but i mean that's what i'm saying like it, like the warranty even if you have a slip of paper that's in the original box and it says oh this is a, a waterman 100 year pen and it's good for 100 years and like you could return it and and like we'll repair it or replace it or whatever i it, it, i still would not bring that to the manufacturer it's kind of like bringing the car back to the dealership it's like you know it's like if it's a specific problem that you know that they could fix sure but you know like mostly if it's going to be vintage it's they're probably not going to be able to do anything for you Mm. they're just going to be able to offer you something that's newer and definitely not as unique and as precious as what you have right i hear you i I totally 
that makes complete sense. But so I, I think really companies should not be offering lifetime warranties anymore. I think they should just be real and just say like, we'll give it, we'll give it like, like, like how Waldman is 10, 10's fair. Mm-hmm. I think 10, 10 is enough of a commitment where you're like, Hey, you know what? That's a lot longer than I would expect my iPhone to last. What's, like my iPhone. What is the warranty on cross pens? I'm just curious. That's also a uh, lifetime, right? But they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And you can send a, like, if you had a cross classic century fountain pen, like you could literally find one in the garbage and send it back to them and be like, "Hey, listen, my pen is fucked up. They'll send you a new one." Mm-hmm. So, like that's a that's a pretty decent. I, I don't have a problem with lifetime warranties, right? Considering yeah, I, just, I just think it's 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 a little it's a little messy. I think in terms of what the customer could expect, and then the fact that you do have. Like it's it's also hard on the manufacturer, I would assume, to keep all of the, if they're going to actually keep with that promise to be able to have all of the parts and the ability to repair and to replace things as needed for older models that are definitely way out of production. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, just keep continuing to do stuff like that until like the whole entire lifetime spectrum. So because mm-hmm. I mean things could change a lot and companies change and product like you know, offerings change. So there's a lot of things that are moving parts here that I, you know, I don't think honestly that they could keep up with unless they just said, Oh, well, we'll just replace it with another pen that we make currently. You know, what else is, is once you offer lifetime, you can't take it back. You know what I'm saying? Like imagine Mm. the Roy and Tom pen company make pens and then we offer a lifetime warranty. And then we realize it's logistically not smart. We well, what are we going to do now? Just be like, Oh, never mind. Make it two years. What about people who already bought the pen when it was lifetime warranty? You know what I mean? How do you grant well, those people are grand? Those, those people are grandfathered in. You just have to just deal with it. Yeah, but how do you everybody keep else tra- going forward? How do you keep track of that though? You know what well, I'm saying? You would have to have some sort of registration or like, or like know what pens came off of what batches somehow. You would have to be able to identify the pen and be like, oh, well, that pen was part of that initial. Yeah, it is a headache. This sounds like such a headache. This sounds like somebody, like if you and I had a pen company, I would be the most worthless (laughs) member of that pen company. You would just be the spokesperson. That's it. You would would just just be like the front man of the whole thing, like hyping hyping the thing up. Yeah, I'd just be the Dana White. And then you'd be like, buy them all from Tom and then fire him and then (laughs) buy from him. Fire him from his own company. Yeah, but so anyway, as I was saying, yeah, so I've been I've been on a Conklin binge, and I'm enjoying my Heisenberg All-American, my Heisenberg edition. I call it the Heisenberg edition. I don't give a fuck what anybody else says. I make up my own <laughs> names, and I run with it. Dude, so I also posted today a picture of this pen here, my Narwhal New York, the New York. N- Nautilus. And what I yes. noticed was the colors, and holy shit, are there smack-talking motherfuckers out there. I love it, though. It, it's like the colors <laughs> of the New York Mets logo, and I posted that. I was not ready for the amount of Mets smack-talk coming from all nice. over the world yeah, at me. Some of it was really, really clever. I thought it was hilarious. I appreciate the band. I'm, I'm reading it right now. Yeah, yeah. River I, City Pen Company. Oh my goodness! Probably the best thing one can do with a Mets logo. <laughs> nice. And it was hilarious. I didn't expect that much, like smack talk about the Mets. Having said that, I'm very used to it. 
because growing up watching the Mets, you know, you can only expect people are going to smack talk when it comes to the New York Mets. But there was one. Mm-hmm. I want to read this one that I thought was really funny. I can, well, these are on. also Knicks colors, too. No, they're not. So They're the Mets colors. Yes, they are. Okay. Mets, yeah, they're, they're Mets and Knicks colors. Yeah, so the River City Pen Company says probably the best thing one could do with the Mets logo. I, I just wrote, ouch, shots fired. He writes, I'm a Pirates fan. You can't hurt me. So I wrote, ha-ha. When was it the Pirates last won a World Series again? He says, I can't even remember the last time they had a winning season. <laughs> <laughs> and then our lovely friend of Planners and Pens, what a lovely woman. She writes... I'm just hanging around for this part of the conversation. <laughs> I like this one over here. So V Mary Abram on Instagram writes, some might say they borrowed the colors from the New York state flag. In fact, Narwhal says that. So I wrote to V Mary Abraham. Hmm. No, no, no. That can't be right. Unless, of course, the state flag borrowed the colors from the New York Mets. Yes, that sounds right. <laughs> I love her. Re- I love her response. What a what a she, she got me with this one. I laughed in the middle of the gym. It's she actually write, it's they're actually the colors of the flag of New York City. And I, t- I told you this in a text. Yeah. Like, wait, what? I'm like, yes, the color of the New York City flag. Like, it was like you we have a flag. <laughs> yeah. But listen to what she writes. She's like, she writes to my response. Don't strain a muscle as you stretch the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody also private messaged me and said, like, I was actually going to buy that pen, but now I'm not going to now that you said it's part of the Mets or something like that. I'm like, ouch, jeez, shots yeah, fired. If that does it for you. Yeah. yeah if, that, if, that, if that kills it for you, I guess so. Yeah, right. You're going to have to get the other colors and stuff. Funny, funny, very funny people. What other what other sh- city should be part of that collection, you think, like going forward? So what do you have? You already have New Orleans? There's New Orleans, New York, Chicago, and Shanghai. So there's a lot of cities left. Lots of cities. Yeah, but like it's weird. It's like you went from New York, Chicago, New Orleans, and and like 5,000 miles away to Shanghai. Hey, why don't you do one for my Korean brethren, Seoul? I don't know. What, what, are, you co- say, what are you saying? Me? I'm not doing these things. What are you saying? Like, I'm not. I, you know what I mean by you. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> why, why, don't, why don't they do one? What? One of why, why does soul. it like Goldspot do like an exclusive like soul yeah. fountain pen? Yeah, let's yeah. Do that. That's a good idea. Okay. I like that what idea. What is what colors would it be? No clue, man. That's what that's what you're no for. Clue. You're the artist. You're the uh, guy who comes up with ideas and shit like that. How should I know? I mean well, I don't know. It's I, I don't know what the official colors of soul is. So well, I, I mean the flag is like white, black, and red. Like, you know, it's not like a striped white black and red it's just you know the red circle mm-hmm. with the with yes. the little dashes and with stuff the, yeah I, I i've seen the you know i've seen the korean flag before, right yes. so like the korean flag melted down would make for a very uninteresting pen but i'm pretty sure you guys can come up with colors and stuff that'll so many pretty colors yeah so many it's so, uh, it's so fun to just like I love going shopping through the different like materials that are out there, Mackenzie or like Ebonites and stuff. I love like looking at all of them, imagining what kind of pens that they would look like and the Brooks materials and stuff. Or, or like if I got the acrylic samples and I'm like looking at them, I love that stuff. You know, I have to ask <clears throat> when I was younger, I worked for a diamond tool company 
So the diamond tool company basically took diamond powder, put it into these drill or polishing pads, and then that's what they used to sand down granite or marble. And the crazy thing is I would see a lot of these marble wholesalers or distributors and granite distributors and wholesalers, and they would have the rocks, but the rocks looked nothing like the end product. So like the the slices of rock just look chalky. They look Mm -hmm. rough. I have no idea what color it's going to end up being. Right. But they do. Is it like that for picking acrylics? Like when you find acrylics or you're shopping for acrylics, you got to look at this rod and be like, oh, this is not yeah. a, f- a finished product. So what is this 100%. going to? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's exactly like that. You have to have some imagination to kind of think of it like, okay, if I'm going to bore a hole through this, how is this going to look? Like, is it going to be translucent? Is this, are the swirl, how are the swirls going to look like? And if you, let's say, add facets on it, like then that does that then change like the shimmery content or the chatoyance of it? It, it, There's a lot of that kind of imaginative process that goes into just like you could look at the raw material and then say, oh, this looks good. But then is it going to look good in the pen shape that you are intending it to be? Or the final polish is different, right? Like, yeah, the final polish. So have what's that like when you're shopping for a pen how often is it that you find an acrylic that you like and it turns out to be exactly what you envisioned it to be versus how many times you pick something it turns out to be completely different yeah i mean there's just been some instances where you know it didn't turn out exactly the way that we had hoped but when it comes to most part like usually it comes out better than expected oh really nice yeah uh, but just sometimes that there's some issues in regards to the the material meeting with the machines, then that can lead to complications because of the material being a little bit, uh, you know, brittle or or not not you know constituted appropriately to be able to be handled, uh, being able to be bored out and then cut to a specific thinness. You know that uh, that sometimes that could be a trouble. That could be a little little issue. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but other than that, like as far as like the color, the luster, the 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 vibrancy and the swirliness, usually you could kind of tell like which ones are going to be more like uh, adaptable to that. Um, especially like uh, if you look at ebonites, like ebonite rods, if you look at them, they're a cross section. If you look at the modeled one versus like ones that are just marbled, like they look completely different. Like the modeled ones kind of look like a um, like almost like a flower pattern. Mm-hmm. And those are really wild when you start to polish them into shapes, when you start to, sh- uh, to shape them up. And those will have like some really beautiful looking patterns, almost kind of like a web, like a spider web. Like mm-hmm. it would kind of be depends on like how you shape the ebonite. But it's really cool looking. So. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Is there has there ever been a time where you picked out an acrylic, got a pen prototype made, and you're like, "Wow, this sucks." <laughs> I well, not necessarily that this sucks, but did, thought it maybe it was like it was like going to be too ugly, um, and that wasn't that wasn't you know that wasn't necessarily something that uh, that I personally had picked out, but something that I saw from uh the initial batch of like narwhal ebonite the the nautiluses mm-hmm. and like the the nautilus and the noctilukia the or the pelugia one the one that's like the purple and pink swirled okay and everything like that 
that one that one initially when i first saw i was like i was like huh that kind of looks a little funky but i was just like i couldn't argue with all of the people that decided it's like they needed to have that pen i was just like all right well i guess my taste is you know it's, i'm off on this one i'm not right about this <laughs> well i mean that's just a case of where you your taste was your opinion on the material and your taste just was the minority decision but i'm talking yeah. about did you ever pick out like oh i love this color acrylic this is going to make for a great pen you get it made and you're like this is not what i wanted Mm. no i never really had that mm. i don't think i had that it's just it's just like i said it was just more about sometimes having some issues with um uh you know material being a little bit too on the brittle side and and not you know shaping up to be a good like pen material and leading to a lot of lost pens but uh other than that like in terms of like aesthetics and everything usually everything is is really nice like it does hasn't turned out where once like just really just awful mm. look, ugly looking so <laughs> that's cool who makes yeah. who makes those decisions at gold spot most of the times is it you know when it comes to like the exclusives is it mostly you or do you and kieran and sal like huddle up and talk about it or do they leave it up to you most of the time we we it's a group effort because it's it's like usually usually i'll be like kind of the liaison going back and forth and getting samples and 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 discussing like changes to be made but uh, usually, unless it's like like a pet project of of mine, like let's say it was this, let's say the pizza pen was like something that you know we talked about first, and then like Chris and I worked on, and then we we were fine tuning that as it went along, and that was like kind of like our thing, and uh, you know it's like usually it's a group effort because usually we'll pass it to Sal and Kieran, so they you know they give us our feedback, we look at it from the office point of view too, we get a few other people's feedback and. It, it really it really is kind of like a group effort, mm. you know, so that uh, so that way we get a lot of different influences and and people also have a, a finer like idea of like what they know from their own customers. So it's like we talked to Dina, Asha and, and just kind of getting an idea of like, you know, think, do you think people would go for this? You know, it's that that sort of thing. So that sounds like a whole yeah. lot of bullshit. I think it's all you and you just don't want to get fired so you're giving everybody else credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's it's definitely not that. I know, it's I'm not kidding. Not at all. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. But so, like something like the uh like 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 coffee stuff I usually will also throw to or like um uh for example the 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 retro the the Christmas lights one I had to show to my wife because I was like I was like what do you think cuz like she's totally big into christmas loves uh christmas vacation i was like what do you think of this and like what do you think of the top finial with the squirrel and everything she's like i love it um you know so it's like it's you know i i it depends on like the theme too so like send it we, we discussed the whole mozart thing so like is it authentic to mozart you know it's mm -hmm. like so we you know to somebody who you could you could trust their opinion you mm -hmm. know that that we're doing the right thing here yeah so. no i hear you i hear you that's that's cool I, so as you were talking, I was messing around with my Conklin. I'm I, like I said, I'm on a Conklin Durograph and Conklin All American Vintage. <laughs> I was noticing some things that I wanted to talk about that I thought was really cool when it came to. Uh -huh. So Conklin has made several refinements over the last several years with the production of their pens, right? So starting with they upgraded their nibs from whatever Chinese manufacturer that were making their steel nibs to everything now is Yovo nibs, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, the nib itself, but not the feed. No, not the feed. They're still using the stupid, cheapy plastic feed that isn't always appropriate. So my solution to that is just if you're having problems, just heat set it. Take a cup of water, microwave the cup of water for two minutes, like an inch of water in a coffee mug, and then dip your nib and feed up to just right up to the section in that water for like, say, 30 seconds. The plastic will get soft enough, and then the nib will actually force the plastic into a shape that's more compatible with the shape of the nib. And I always find that that's just enough to make it work just fine after that. I never really have an issue after that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we could talk more about that later, but the thing I want to talk about was they use Yovo nibs. That's an upgrade. Another upgrade I've noticed with the Conklin Durographs is in the threading of the section to the cap. So with an older Conklin Durograph, and I'm saying several, a couple years old, what I notice is the cap rotations are usually about one. Sometimes they're one and a tenth, one and maybe one and just a bit more, or maybe just under one, but if you keep turning it, it can tighten just a little bit more. You know what I mean? So it feels yeah. like there's never an actual articulated stop to the capping of the threads. And it always feels like the threads were just somewhat unrefined and clunky. Now, I didn't feel this way before. I feel this way now because recently I purchased the Amber Acrylic and the Forest Green Conklin Durograph. And what I noticed was for both of these, the threads are more refined in that it's exactly one rotation to cap and uncap on both. They feel more refined. They don't feel as clunky. And when you're done capping, it comes to a an articulated stop. It doesn't go anymore. It just won't. You know what I mean? It's like there's a small lip or shelf somewhere in here where it just stops or the threads just stop. You know what I mean? So it's like like I was saying with the older Despite ones. Despite your 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 man your man wrenching right. of your 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 meaty fists right. turning that cap and you know, basically creating new threads on the barrel as you turn it. <laughs> right. No, but with the older Conklin Durographs, once it kind of stops, you can kind of just eke out a little bit more of a turn. So it doesn't really have an articulated mm-hmm. stop. So I noticed that and I was like, holy fucking shit. Is this something that they deliberately did? So I text Kenny Jones and I was like, hey, and Neve. I was like, hey, man, I'm noticing something. Did you guys refine the threads in the Conklin Durograph? And they both almost responded at the same time. Yes, we've been making, we're always trying to find ways to just make refinements on the design of the pens. So they don't stop. Mm-hmm. And they didn't stop to tell anybody that either. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that's really great. I think it's really cool. And the reason why that's important to me, and I know that might not be important to a lot of people, but the reason why it's important to me is on the older Durographs, you know how I said once it comes to kind of like a squeaky stop, I can just eke out a little bit more of a turn? just because I have a habit of tightening things too much. Well, what that ends up doing is that extra turning, and if it doesn't come to a stop, kind of stresses or, I don't know, flexes the acrylic a bit to the point where the Conklin center band starts to loosen, right? Because think about it. It's Uh epoxied to the the acrylic, but if the acrylic flexes, it's going to separate the metal ring. The epoxy from yeah. the ring, yeah. So what ends up happening with a lot of the Conklins that I had, the Duragrass that I had from before, the rings, the center band spin around. You can sp- 
turn them around. And that drives me absolutely up a fucking wall, right? Mm. A lot of people don't care. I'm one of the few that do. But now so that this major improvement has now like led to also that elimination of the issue of the, the bands moving around. Right. And the, and the band moving around is only an issue that people will encounter if they're over tighteners like me. Right. <laughs> right. Like seriously, if they never over tighten and they just turn it like a normal person, then it's probably not going to flex the acrylic to the point where the center band is going to loosen. But now with the new refined section threads and cap threads of the Conklin Durograph, even like I can't turn it more than it once it stops. I can't turn it more, even if I'm over tightening and it's not going to cause flexing of the acrylic and it's not going to cause the center band to loosen, which I really like. And now you have a Yovo nib on a chibi plastic feed, unfortunately. But like I said, it's a $56 pen. They want to keep the price the same, but keep the improvements. They can't, I guess, add the Yovo feed, which is probably a better feed because that would mean they need a new housing, which would cost more money. It would cause the cause the pen to go up over $70 for sure. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But, you know, but like I said, like I didn't have pro- – these are, like I said, these are two Conklin Durographs that I purchased. And – with these two, I haven't had an issue. I didn't even heat set them or anything like that, you know? But I do know that mm-hmm. there are people who do have issues, and what they find is, oh, the ink will starve or stop. It's just because the chibi plastic feed is a straight feed, and sometimes there's too much of a gap between the straight plastic feed and the curve of the Yovo nib. But, and the feed is actually sometimes straight, so it's actually pushing up against the nib, opening the tines. But if you heat it mm-hmm. to the point where it just softens a little bit and then the nib actually forces it into shape, it, it really resolves a lot for me. You know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah. I, I think that might help a few people if they have issues with Conklin pens. So. Right, right. And like, listen, like I said, should they do that or should they have to do that? Absolutely not. But yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's 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 one of those tinkery sort of things that if you know what you're doing yeah. and you've done it before then uh, you don't mind it so much. But, you know, especially if, like you said, it's a price point and it's also kind of a stepping up for people who are starting out with, let's say, Pilot Metropolitan, Lobby Safari, Kabeco Sport, mm. and they're like, oh, I want to try an acrylic pen. And then they get it, and let's say the feed's not optimal, needs to be heat set. Are they going to know how to do that? Most mm. likely not. Yeah, that's true. Most likely not. And, and it's also, yeah. it could be a deterrent too. And I don't yeah. want that. Well, either. also, you spent extra money on something that is not working as well as, you know, pen that's already out of the box working. Mm-hmm. You know, like, let's say a Safari or, or, All Star or whatever. Yeah. Sport. Yeah. Oh, you know what I want to talk about also? Since you brought up Ebonite, look what I got. Yes. It's that's a Stipula. No, it's a Wancher. No, it's a Wancher True oh. Ebonite. Oh. Oh. Okay. And I was I, the. Uh, the little roll stop threw me off because yeah. I saw it looked like the stipula leaf. Oh thing. yeah, I see what you're saying. No, it's it definitely yeah. is not the leaf, and they definitely didn't copy stipula. So <laughs> stipula, please don't write that, to all the retailers. That, that shape looks that shape looks very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a really it's a, it's, a, it's a classic cigar type shape. Yeah, yeah, this is a really lovely ebonite classic cigar shaped fountain pen made by Wancher. It has a Yovo 
number six size stainless steel nib with the Yovo feed. It's an unscrewable Yovo nib unit. It's cartridge converter. It's it's literally one of the nicer ebonite ebonites I've seen. Mm-hmm. Right? It's I love the look of their their Urushi with the Rodden. Oh yeah. Ball. Yeah. They sent me another yeah. they sent me another pen and it's like an Urushi lacquer pen. And I'll talk about that some other time. I'm actually going to do a review on this because I actually finished my correspondence with the people at Wancher and they gave me some background information that I can use as well as information on the owner and stuff like that. So In the neutral zone. Yeah, for the neutral zone. No, but this pen is really yeah. lovely, really nice. You know how I feel about pens without clips, but this one works really well. You know, well, you got a roll stop on there at least. Yeah, you know? yeah, you got the roll stop on there. This... <laughs> You saw the text message I was sending to our friend Ryan. <laughs> so uh, I, you you gotta you gotta leave that guy alone during yeah, the weekends. He's yeah. trying to spend time with his family, and you're like sending him pictures of other brands' pens. Yeah. Come on now. So Ryan over at Kenro Industries, I like to bust his chops because yeah, he's a good guy and he's fun to he's fun to fuck with. But I so <laughs> the the Wancher brand. It's the pen that I have here is the Dream Pen True Ebonite. It's marble green, and its material is made of Japanese high-quality ebonite. I believe it. It's gorgeous-looking, absolutely, insanely gorgeous-looking green, high-quality ebonite. I usually like to make fun of people when they say high-quality, right? Cause yeah, because it's very pompous. Right, but the material, they say, they actually wrote in the email, material, Japanese high-quality ebonite. Well, I don't expect you to send me Japanese shit-quality ebonite, right? <laughs> subpar Japanese of the night it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah so I'm looking at this pen and you know the pen on their website is like $165 it's insane the the quality the craftsmanship that goes into the true Ebonite is insane yeah that's what that's what gets me about the Rodden too it's just like it's like if you were to let's say ask a Namiki if you were to look at a Namiki, oh yeah rodden pen and you would be like easily in like a thousand dollar territory yes the thing though is that is that you they it does come up quite a bit if you decide to go with an 18 karat nib it's it's very comparable Mm -hmm. but if you went with a steel nib i think it's a it's a great value yeah for that yeah for what it is so i actually asked where their factory is and you know their artisans are their artisans are located mostly in japan and in recent years they've expanded to more destinations around the world, such as China and, and Vietnam, right? So okay. it seems like their pens are outsourced as well as in-house in Japan and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder, based on everything that I know about like Wancher and stuff like that and everything I know about Esterbrook, I believe they're made in the same factory, Esterbrook SDs and the Wanchers. And that's why I, I thought it was really funny. I was fucking with Ryan. I sent him a picture of the oversized Esty swapping mm-hmm. parts with the Wancher. Because the Wancher is exactly the same size and dimensions as the Esterbrook oversized Esty. I just swapped out mm-hmm. the section and the caps and they all fit. <laughs> I called it the Wancherbrook Westy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then And then you sharply replied to me. Leave the guy alone, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 
what a what a wonderful looking pen this launcher i assume. i'm looking forward to seeing your thoughts in a video yeah i mean it's just it really is a wonderful wonderful pen and the price is insanely low relative to what it is the pedigree of the pen and the price they're definitely they're mismatched i think this is really like if you told me how much would you think this pen would be i would I would say 400 bucks. I wouldn't definitely think under 200 by any stretch of the imagination, especially it being Ebonite, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. this is this is very impressive. It actually, I like to say it's exactly the same dimensions as the Estabrook SD Oversize. It's not. The section on the launcher is much thinner. They're different. Mm-hmm. I they're did see different. that in the the, the text. Yeah. yeah, it was a, you can it's noticeably different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're they're different, but they also both have the inner cap spring mechanism. So the SD and the launcher both has that cup on the inside that has a spring and stuff like that. So, yeah. But they're really cool. Would you like to uh, address maybe one email before we go today? I'd, I'd like to Just address so we could... several of them. Wow. Wow. Time <laughs> flew. Man, I didn't shut up the whole time. Jesus. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Holy fuck. I can't believe I did. All right. So. All right. <laughs> hey, listen. The email that I, you know, I just want to shoot out. Mac, we love you. But we're not reading your email. But he knows why. Love you, Mac. You saw oh, that. Mac, e- yeah, Mac, uh, you saw that email. I wrote. Right? I wrote Mac a note. I wrote Mac a note today. So. Oh, what do you mean? Mac's getting a note. A note. Mac. Uh, Mac yeah. had uh, had placed an order and decided to like write a very graphic fire Tom message in it. So oh yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote him back. It was in good spirits, so. though, right? It was. It was just. It was just yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's yeah. always it's always good fun. I mean, it's uh, it it was basically uh, you know, it, it just was your usual fare of Fire Tom, but just a little bit more colorful than than usual. Right. So you have to read that to me at the after the show. But which email do you want to talk? But but I my point is Mac, I love you. I just want you to know that. Anyway, which email do you want to read? Uh, well, we did have a few responses about the JJ Lax episode and saying that you know just had some questions i think for when we bring jj back i think that would be a good time to like uh, address that okay um let's see there was also there was one about why paper is abrasive Mm. we can talk about that okay so remember so in the last episode just to give people if you didn't hear the last episode i just couldn't understand why it is a paper bag could wear down a nib and I, I kind of just caved. I'm like, all right, I guess that's that's why. But this actually answers the question very well. Go ahead, Tom. Okay, so uh, I guess we could say Mike G. Yeah, Mike G. Refer Mike G. Mike G. Says hello, guys. Just a note: paper can be abrasive because it can trap abrasive particles in the fibers during the manufacturing process. That is why you should never use tissue paper to clean your glasses. That said, I agree it would mess up a finish much sooner than it would Iridium. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you. So I had some thoughts with that. Yes, that's why you should never use tissue to clean your glasses, but an asshole is far softer than glasses. Then why do we use tissue paper to (laughs) clean our assholes? And how is it that, like, everybody isn't bleeding from the asshole then? You know what I mean? Well, they are if they're doing one ply, like the the, the Scots one ply stuff. <laughs> I can speak from personal experience. I I don't fare well with the single ply. All that's right. one. That's one area I cannot compromise on. I need I need good toilet paper for my tushy. Right. Okay. 
So yes, but I, I definitely see that like the, the paper fibers can trap particles that could probably wear down the that could be abrasive and wear down your nib nib. I just I you know that answers it for me. But what the fuck mm. kind of shit is that paper trapping? Like iridium is really fucking hard. Like what do you, what are you in like yeah. a diamond dust industry where you're 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 <laughs> Throwing rolls of toilet paper in paper bags into the air. Well, also too is that the amount of the amount that needs to be adjusted is so minute because the iridium's already polished to begin with. That like you're just talking about little tiny like molecules basically that just need to be shaved off at some point. Right, but it needs to be. If it's that sensitive, then no one would ever need to tune a nib ever because they just write with it for a page and then it'll be tuned. It'll be smoothed out. Well, that's why I've. I know that some people do experience that. They experience somewhat of a breaking in of their nib. I, I've never really experienced that myself because I tend to write very light-handed mm. when it comes, ex- unless I'm flexing on a, you know, on a flex nib, of course. I mean, I could be flexing doing other things with a fountain pen, but, you know, it's just when I'm actually flexing the nib and pressing it on paper, mm. you know, I'm actually putting pressure on it. But some people, like, experience when they write and they may put a little bit more weight on it, they might be causing that additional friction to then smooth the nib out just even more so to, to their liking mm-hmm. sure you know, to their to their particular handwriting style sure so we also had uh, another one from um jake about uh about the episode with jj lax and he wrote uh can we fire tom and replace him with mr lax <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm reading that. I was like, oh, thanks. And he says, he's like joking. But seriously, the two episodes with him are great. I would love to hear more from him on nib grinding and tuning. So there you go. We should definitely consider having uh, Joshua on again and then discuss more of that. Um, but uh, but he said also said earlier this week, I bought some whetstones and decided to try grinding some nibs. So I was very excited to hear from JJ Lax again. I've been practicing on Jin Hao and Moonman nibs. And after the episode, I went and bought some more supplies from independence so thank you i guess i don't know like because we did suggest independent independence before mm-hmm. to uh buy stuff from there mm-hmm. uh, i think the ability to tune one's own nib to their own style is a great skill to have and i would also like to turn some regular stock yovo i have lying around into some stubs or obliques for fun thanks again for the great episode keep it up cool so, yeah that's that's why i feel like if you if you really want to get into the fountain pen hobby and you want to take it to that next level, that's that little bit of knowledge and little bit of skill to develop that I think goes a long way because then you can take just an ordinary nib and make it something that is unique and best suited for your handwriting. I agree. I agree. I think it's, I think just having that little bit of knowledge, it's like knowing nothing about, self-defense and then being a blue belt in in brazilian jiu-jitsu you're like a magician compared to somebody (laughs) who knows nothing so yeah yeah i like i I like that well thank you for the email and independence is great i think they're fantastic they're not the greatest at updating their website so like everything is like out of stock but if you reach out to them and you're like hey i want one of these they have it I, they're just, you know, old and they don't, you know. They're like they're like the OG. This is like the OG pen community, the ones that you know would always just go to shows and make make most of their 
you know, most make most of their yearly living on the shows and stuff, and they do like the mail order uh, kind of like as a side thing. Right. That, that's like that's like the kind of style that they did. It's like little mom and pop shop. Like they, you know, they put a few pens for sale every once in a while. Things that they you know fix up or things on consignment or whatever. And you know, then they go to shows and they sell stuff and they do like nibs nib adjusting there. It's like this. You know, they're 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 not going to be like your big box type retailers where they're going to have like every single like nib size of all the new releases and everything like that. They're going to be the ones that, you know, you go to for this specialty kind of stuff that you could just you could just talk directly to them and, you know, develop a relationship with them and, and they'll be able to get you what you need to. Right. Definitely. Did we read Jamie's email? Uh, with the cross? Yeah, the response to the cross, Liberty X United. Uh, no, I don't think so. So, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the cross Liberty United rollerball pen and how they have a serial number of a gun on the clip and they also put a piece of the gun in the finial of the pen. And my stance was, well that gun was probably used to kill somebody. Are you okay having a gun that killed somebody? And I also made a a comparison to if a pen was used to sign someone's execution and you knew that, would you be able to have the pen? Tom said, no. I said, well, what if there was a chance and you're not sure? Tom's answer was, I'd really have to think about it. And then Jamie wrote this in, and it was actually a very, very interesting perspective. I feel schooled because he's right. He writes, while I fully understand your perspective on the pen, not knowing the history behind the gun used to make the pen and not know, not wanting a pen that was made from something that was involved in illegal and harmful activities, including but not limited to murder, as I am usually the first to be pessimistic and go to the darker take on many issues, and while I don't own a gun and most likely never will, I really feel like the pessimistic angle really misses the spirit and soul of the pen. And I think when he wrote that at first, I was like, whoa, pessimistic. And then I – because I, I really like to think that I'm always in touch with myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was being pessimistic. And then I was thinking about it. I'm like, shit, I guess – Well, I'm... you were thinking the worst. Right. You were thinking the worst that happened out of that Which that's, that's why – that's the pessimistic part. That's exactly it. I was yeah. thinking I, – I like to think about things from every angle. And I like to think about it from the final – like the final angle. And in this case, it is pessimistic. I just didn't realize it was pessimistic until I get called out for being pessimistic. That is actually the definition of pessimistic. It, and he continues to write, It is not that the illegal gun used, used to make it curses the pen and leaves behind a negative connotation to the pen. Rather, it is that the gun used in this pen will never again be on the streets to cause harm, and that gun, an instrument of destruction, has been redeemed and transformed into an instrument of creativity. And 20% of the money from the sale of the pen goes to education and help for at-risk youths, a group that I have been working with for the past 20 years and is near to my heart. It is less akin to owning a pen that is that signed someone's death warrant and more akin to owning a pen that signed the pardon, freeing an innocent man from a life in prison or death penalty for something he didn't do. So I like his perspective. I mean, this is not, this is not really a glass, half-empty glass half full conversation this is actually he's 100 percent right i was thinking about it like oh my gosh the pen is cursed because it was used to kill somebody he's saying no no the pen 
the, a, a bad gun has been transformed from badness into something that is good, and now it can never ever harm anybody ever again, and that's what this pen represents. Mm-hmm. It, you're 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 using something that has been redeemed, right? You know, from its prior life, right? So, like that, the email. You know, I read it, and I really appreciate the email because yes, that took like if I wanted. If I didn't want to buy a Cross Liberty United before, after reading this, I am certainly at peace with buying it now. Except for the fact that it's a fucking rollerball, not buying it. I'm sorry. I hope everybody else <laughs> buys it and the 20% goes to these kids, but I'm not going yeah. to. Yes, pens can well, also I, I be... Also feel, I also feel a little bit more comfortable in because like you, you said, you, you, put, you gave me the situation last, it was a couple weeks ago when we discussed this. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. I don't feel very comfortable with knowing, you know, knowing that it was possible that this pen could have done terrible, awful things to other people. Right. You know, <clears throat> any part of it could have. But but like looking at it in this point of view and and the way that he says, like, I can only resolve to use the pen in a positive manner to create, and not destroy. You know, it's like it's like, you know, it just basically says it's like it's like, well, you know, it doesn't matter what happened to it previously. It happens what is in the here and now and you own the pen and mm. you can do good things with it. Right. It is, it is, you know, it is an empty vessel of which then you fill with your own intention. Right. So like, I like this email because it's not often that I'm wrong. It's I'm, I'm almost never wrong, but in this case, <laughs> like in this case, I don't feel like Jamie and I have different perspectives on the same thing. I just think that he's right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, it's just it's great that their pen that was a gun that was used for murder can never do it again because that pen exists you know what i mean right so it's like the pen is mightier than the gun so i like this email because it really did change my mind about the cross x liberty united you just can't change my mind and make me like rollerballs better than fountain pens i'm sorry it's not happening <laughs> but, but write in and see if you could do it <laughs> right nobody's going to be able to do it i'm telling you right now you just can't but i do like the email i really appreciate and he spent a lot of time articulating articulating it so that in a way that i understood i, I do you know like when i am wrong i can certainly admit it because that was yeah it was pessimistic i didn't realize how i didn't realize it was pessimistic because a lot of times you know me tom i have to look at things from the way i analyze things i'm always a lot of times i guess defensive I don't you know. you take it you take it to that dark place i'm i'm the the line crosser as well so like i tend <laughs> to i but like i do inappropriate things that's why i get you know recommended to get fired so many times so, i thought it was me you know. who got you got did inappropriate said inappropriate shit that got you attempted firing, but oh no! Well, of, I mean, we, like we talked about that at dinner yesterday. So oh, did you? Yeah, Kieran and Sal, and my friend Daniel and Shion, and my wife. We were all having dinner at Carbone in New York City. By the way, this place is insane. So my friend Danny was able to get reservations like two weeks in advance, and it's like it's really hard to get reservations. I don't know how who he knows, but mm-hmm. like this place is allegedly like turned away George Clooney because he couldn't get reservations in time and shit like that. Nice. Yeah, but it was you a You are more important than George Clooney right now. Don't, don't say that. Like, I don't know where I would be right now without ER. But anyway, <laughs> that was a great show. Anyway, the I, I was eating pasta yesterday, so I broke keto. <gasps> yeah, yeah. But you know, my friend Shion, Shion's looking at me. She's like, oh my God, Roy, you're eating pasta. I'm like, yeah, I know. When you come to a place like this, I just, I, you gotta, you gotta make... You got to go for it. 
So she's like, it's freaking me out. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> but. I would probably slap the fork out of your hand and be like, how dare you? No, but I planned for it. I'm fasting for 36. I'm doing friends an extended fast. Friends don't let friends eat carbs. Right. <laughs> then I'm not a good friend because your whole diet is carbs. But, but yeah, so I had the spicy. There's a there's a dish that Carbone New York, in New York City is known for. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Hold on a second. I got a. And it's it's one of those dishes that are so freaking good. It's it's just a pasta dish. It's just it's literally pasta and sauce. There's like no nutritional value in it at all. But but it's apparently so good. I mean, that's like also the easiest thing to make in the world. How is it that they make it any better than anybody else does? Okay, so before we go, I got to talk about that. Spicy rigatoni vodka. It's a $32 pasta. Okay. Oof. I mean, yeah, it's a lot. And all it is is like like circles, like round tubes, like short one-inch tubes. Set listen, in. listen. What? I, I'm of Italian descent. I know what rigatoni looks okay. like. Okay. People might not, okay? <laughs> but so they, they're basically little tubes, right? Anyway, in, in this pinkish, reddish sauce, it was, it was like face orgasming every bite. I, could, I couldn't believe how perfect the texture of the – and I don't eat pasta very often. So I think that's the reason why you found it so orgasmic no, is because no. it, you just – you've held it off for so long. It's like that, no, the no, wedding no, 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 night no, no, no. and you've, you've been abstinent this whole entire time and you've decided now is going to be the time to engorge yourself upon pasta. And Dude, boom, you, can't you, know. com- you can't compare like the saving yourself on a wedding <laughs> night because you can always like jack off. What am I going to do with pasta? Like, What's my cheat? You can't. There's no cheat. But – if I had to break keto for a pasta, the spicy rigatoni vodka is the absolute best reason to do so. It had that perfectly chewy, gummy texture. It was just mm-hmm. perfectly – the sauce was amazing. I don't know what the fuck they – heroin maybe. I don't know what the fuck they put in that sauce. It is so – It's vodka. It's yeah. vodka sauce. Oh, really? Vodka <clears throat> sauce is like – yeah, vodka sauce is amazing. It's, it's on everything these days. Oh, really? But it was yeah. just – it was amazeballs. It was so – Freaking good! I I couldn't believe it, but so I'm glad but, that I broke. But Roy, for that. but Roy, we need to we need to level here because I think you consumed the fats and the carbs at the same time. Yes, hundred so, percent. And that's a that's a that's a no no. I'm gonna have to explain to you scientifically why that is no no. <laughs> well, I'm I'm actually so after I do a cheat meal like this, I I go through. To me, it's easy. A lot of people find it difficult. I do a thirty-six. You self, hour. you self-flagellate. You know, you just you grab like a whip and you start smacking yourself on the back, and you know, put yourself in a corner and and cry a little bit, and until all the carbs just weep out in your tears, that sort of thing. The fuck is wrong with you, man? I was gonna <laughs> say I just do a thirty-six hour fast, right? So it burns off all the glucose and and glycogen in the muscles and stuff like that so i can be back into ketosis in like a day or two so Mm -hmm. so i do that and then i also worked out today nice light bag training wearing you know 16 ounce gloves and i'm not going too crazy because i'm still recovering from the shoulder and stuff like that but yeah, yeah we were at carbone yesterday the six of us and with sal kieran your bosses by the way and we were just talking about how trying to get me fired, just trying to get you fired the whole night and stuff like that. And we were talking because 
my friend Dan didn't actually know the story behind it, but it was fun explaining it from my perspective and also from the perspective of Sal, who was like, yeah, I, don't, I just saw these emails. I'm like, what the, what, what the hell's going on here? Why, what did Tom do to piss everybody off? <laughs> it was really just the best. It was such a good night yesterday. And yeah, it was, a, it was a good dinner. I wish you could have been there, but we can only make reservations up to six and Sorry, you didn't and, make the cut. And, and they're and they're planning on firing me this week anyway. So just, <laughs> you know, they yeah. just want to they just want to talk it over with you first and just make sure you are going to be okay with right, it. Right, right. Well, you know, we just had to have a list of reasons to fire you and stuff like that. Yeah, so. that's it. You had to you had to build up a case exactly. <laughs> right, right. So they didn't have to do they didn't have to do like any severance. They'd be just like, here's all the terrible <laughs> things that I said that Tom could be attributed to saying. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But yeah. it was a it was a great night. We we need to do it all together though, soon enough. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, I want to invite. I want to invite you guys over when uh, when I put in my big deck in the backyard. We're replacing the deck. We oh, have really? Lots of yeah, we have lots of deck conversations that um, is going to be leading to this massive deck being put into the backyard, mm. and we're going to all have like a a deck party. So that sounds like a lot of fun. I definitely will. Yeah, I definitely will. I'm definitely down. But you know what I always notice is. I always feel like, hey, I want to invite you over when I'm done doing X, Y, and Z construction to my house is like an empty promise. I think you just don't invite me. You don't have to invite me. I won't feel bad. But that sounds to me like someone's way of saying, I'm going to invite you, but I'm not really going to invite you. No, no, it's totally like it is happening. Like it is. <laughs> we've been planning this actually for like the last year or so. Like we were going to, we were thinking about doing it last year, but then it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to work out if, if, like we had to replace certain parts of it, like the framing and stuff because mm -hmm. of timber being so expensive. Mm -hmm. So, so we kind of just said, you know what, let's just put it off a year. We'll save up more. And just in case we have to do replace, replace the, the framing mm -hmm. and had to go through that additional expense because it basically doubles the, the cost. Mm -hmm. Like if we had to do that. Yeah. So, and we won't know until we start taking up the decking. So, so like we have the contractor, he's, we're going to do a contract this week hopefully start work on it next week. So, you know, it's, it's really happening. It's just that I don't want to invite you, you know, over and you see my subpar deck that is basically rotting because it's, it's something that was here before we even moved in. I want you to see my brand new deck. I'm looking and, forward to be able to, you know, we will have the pool open so you can get wet on my deck. That, you know, that sounds weird. That's cool, man. <laughs> That's cool. Just have keto-friendly options for me, okay? Unless it's Yeah, I'll spicy. have a piece of lettuce you could chew yeah. on. <laughs> and a steak. Love it. Love it. And speaking of love, thank you guys for listening to episode number 117 of the Pentertainment Podcast. I love you guys. Be Woo! well. Be safe. Stay kid. And keep your deck wet. <laughs>